It's Monday, June 29th. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, Everywhere You Don't Belong, we talk to author Gabriel Bump about this Chicago coming-of-age tale that reckons with activism, social change, and black identity. Then, Childhood and Literature, a World Voices Festival reading list. I'm Stephen Fee, all that coming up on The Pen Pod. Gabriel Bump grew up in South Shore, Chicago. Chicago also happens to be the place where his debut novel, Everywhere You Don't Belong, takes place. His work has appeared across literary publications, and he was awarded the 2016 Deborah Slosberg Memorial Award for Fiction. A resident of Buffalo, New York, he currently has a second novel in the works, and Gabriel Bump joins me now. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Stephen. Uh, Thanks for having me on. No, it's a pleasure. Um, so, you know, this book in some ways is, is a coming of age, age story uh, about Chicago, but it's it's a bit deeper than that. I wonder, how do you describe the protagonist, Claude McKay Love? Uh, yeah, well, I, I usually start by describing him as uh, just an average kid. You know, like he's not mm-hmm. uh, like exceptionally smart or like athletically talented. Uh, and for me, like, writing this book, conceiving it, uh, I wanted to portray uh, kind of what it's like to be an unexceptional uh, black kid, like growing up in the world and trying to figure out, you know, where, where you fit. I mean, even that, that description, I mean, this sort of idea of uh, unexceptional and yet it's an exceptional story. I mean, it, it sort of blossoms into this much larger narrative and, and reckons with, you know, big ideas, activism, social change, black identity. I'm wondering how do you think uh, audiences are going to read this book right now uh, amid all of the all of the crises that we're confronting? Uh, yeah, and I guess to tie into uh, the first question, um, also, like, the, the Claude is unexceptional in uh, traditional ways, I think, that, like, society might value um, but I think he is an exceptional kid in, in that he's like exceptionally kind, right? He's capable mm-hmm. of exceptional uh, empathy. And, and what I think that this moment, um, or what I hope that, that we can gain from this moment uh, and just the, the Black Lives Matter movement in general uh, is that, you know, all Black lives matter. You know, like it, it didn't, uh, you know, like George Floyd, you know, his life mattered. Right, like like these people that um, are being murdered by police, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if they have uh, like college degrees or like high social standing. Standing, you know, it's just every every life matters. Every black life matters, um, and so I hope that uh, that's something uh, that you know comes out of this discussion. And, and what I would like. What I would hope readers would see in, in this book, in, in Claude's journey, um, is that there are plenty of kids like Claude that are just trying to live their lives, right? Like fall in love, go, go to school, uh, not do their homework. Um, and that that just existence is difficult in, in America for a lot of uh, young Black teens, a lot of young Black men and women. Um who are just trying to live their lives, but are under constant threat. Right? And there's a, a section in the book, an important section where 
Claude's neighborhood, uh, South Shore, erupts in a riot after the murder of a young black teen. And what I found while writing that section, uh, or like when I want to convey is that like Claude, when the riot erupts is just like looking for his loved ones, right? He's just trying to go home. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to live his life. Right. And and so I think that um, this book and and Claude, uh, what I would hope people get out of it and and his story uh, is that, you know, black people just want to live their lives. You know, they don't want to constantly be, be thinking about this. Now, I wonder how much of your Chicago and your your city is in this book. Uh, so the you know the neighborhood is is the neighborhood um, in which I grew up, right? So there, like I grew up on Euclid Avenue. Um, Claude grew up on Euclid Avenue. Um, but in terms of the events of our lives, you know, it, it's different. Like Claude lives a different life than me. But in terms of the setting, and then I think that. In terms of the uh, like emotional tenor, a lot of it's personal. Uh, so the second half of the book, uh, Claude goes off to college uh, in Missouri, right. um, and he leaves home. And I think that Claude's experience uh, being away from home and being in this like foreign place where he feels he doesn't really fit in, you know, those are uh, emotional experiences that. Uh, you know, I went through when I when I left uh, Chicago for the first time. Yeah, I mean, that that sense of, of both drawing away from home and alienation, you know, it's interesting to to read those sections in the context of the COVID-19 lockdown as well. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. ideas of of alienation. Do you think that, you know, would would you do you think about those themes differently now in, in this moment of like social distancing and lockdowns? Well, what's, it's pretty interesting. Cause like I wrote, um, a like personal essay in, uh, for lit lit hub, like a couple months ago when we were in the, in the lockdown, just talking about, um, like I was just on book tour and that the experience of being out in the world, like going through your past lives, like, dealing with places, uh, going back to places where you had like unhappy experiences, right? And then just suddenly being locked at home. And that was really weird. And uh, then I've been thinking about like writing something about this moment. I think like a lot of uh, people are, a lot of black writers, like Mm -hmm. how do we process this? Uh, And it was so strange because I realized that a lot of the themes uh, that I talked about in this essay I wrote two months ago are themes that I would have written about now. You know, this this, uh, this mm-hmm. sensation of of being isolated in the world, right? Like feeling like the world doesn't uh, doesn't want you outside, right? Um, and how uh, like one of the common I think refrains in some of these protests is that like racism is a pandemic. <laughs> Right. Right. So I think for black people, there's always this sense of, oh, I can't go here. I can't go there. I have to just kind of stay in my home. Uh, And so I think that dynamic is is pretty fascinating. You mentioned, uh, you know, black writers, especially reckoning with this this current moment. What what is the role that you think writers play both in navigating, you know, these really these twin pandemics, COVID-19 and obviously the pandemic of of anti-black violence that we're sort of coming to to reckoning with now? Uh, Yeah, well, I think that um, the black writers are like always doing this work. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like they're um, uh, constantly writing about, you know, violence and uh, kind of systemic racism. Uh, and so I do think that it's the, a positive thing is, uh, you know, we saw with the, a couple weeks ago, the, the New York Times, like nonfiction bestseller list, right? It's like all these books that have been written in the past, like see people are suddenly like right. buying, right? So I think that that work is just always happening. Um, and I mean, in the moment, you know, I think there are like black writers that are doing uh, tremendous work, just witnessing and uh, transcribing what they see around them. Right. And I think that uh, like I'm thinking mainly of like Brian, Brian Washington uh, and Demez Smith mm-hmm. uh, wrote these uh, wrote like beautiful pieces on the subject. And uh, so like those, I think, will last throughout history when we look back at this moment. But um just understand the work is constant. The work is like, like I wrote my book, which deals almost specifically uh, with some of the themes that are playing out in front of us right now. Uh, I started writing this book like five years ago. Right. Right. Uh, Finally, what are you reading right now? Uh, So I'm reading uh, just some kind of boring history books uh, right now. So I'm reading this history of well boring maybe for other people but for me that was kind of my like uh, these are my guilty pleasures uh yeah so i'm reading uh frontiers uh by noel mustard about um the history of uh, south africa um and just colonial uh, relationships with tribes i just started reading uh kind of simultaneously uh the legacy of vincente guerrero uh, Mexico's mm. first black Indian president, uh, by Theodore G. Vincent. Um, and I mean, the Vincent Guerrero is someone that I didn't know anything about, um, until I kind of just picked up this book and started reading it. And I, and I wish that we would learn about him in, in school, I guess, in high school. He's a really interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that the things you don't learn uh, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and we have to teach ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Gabriel Bump is author of the novel Everywhere You Don't Belong. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Stephen. As we continue the digital version of our World Voices Festival, we've asked some of the authors who were supposed to come celebrate in New York to share reading lists of some of their top reads. This week, Spanish novelist Andres Barba offers us a list, Alternative Childhoods. He selects a series of books that deal with children outside the surveillance and protection of adults. The list includes Lionel Shriver's We Need to Talk About Kevin, A Boy's Own Story from Edmund White, and yes, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. You can check that reading list out on our website, pen.org. And that's our episode for Monday, June 29th. Join us tomorrow for the Pen Pod. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at Pen America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily Dare newsletter. That's where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for Pen America. This is the Pen Pod. See you tomorrow.